When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hi everybody and welcome to this week's Royal Blue Podcast. I am Mac Jones and joining me today to talk about all things toffees are Gav Buckland. Gav, how are you doing? Hi Mac, fine, thank you very much. And Chris Beasley. Chris, how are you? I'm, I'm okay, Matt, thank you. Uh, we have got a 2-0 defeat to speak about at the Etihad <laughs> Stadium. Just what you want on a, on a yeah. Monday morning to cheer you up, isn't it? Uh, we'll also be looking ahead to what could potentially be a very big week for the Blues when it comes to all things FFP, PNS, the whole alphabet and the appeals going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're watching this live, uh, do leave us a comment. If you've got any questions for the lads about the game at the weekend or what's coming this week, do drop them in and we'll try our best to get them answered throughout the course of the show. But we'll start with the actual football on the pitch on Saturday to begin with. Chris, you were there yeah. at the Etihad Stadium. Um, did you believe at any point that Everton were going to get something out of the game? Or did you always feel as though City, looking down that bench, the yeah. offense of the yard was, was always going to swing it their way? Yeah, it was that nagging doubt. What's fair? Yeah, they, they did play well. They did the right thing. I mean, I've seen a few comments, mostly from Manchester City fans, moaning, whinging about Everton play. But what do they expect? You want to go a Cavalier approach, go to City. To, you can't go and take the game to them and expect to beat them at their own game. That'd be totally naive. But Everton's game plan was sound. I mean, there's obviously that um, sort of fear that eventually they will get that chance. And obviously Haaland only needed one. He ended up getting two chances. He took them both. But yeah, I thought they did. They defended well. Obviously, they didn't have many opportunities them, themselves, but there was also a chance to maybe get a set piece, something, something like that. Um, no, uh, it, it, it's, it's a tough one to take because 70 minutes, you know, they, 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 City were really frustrated. They were, The fans were getting frustrated. They're the players, I mean, although they did change once De Bruyne came on and Walker, that did sort of, sort of up the ante a bit. But, yeah, it just shows you when you've got those sort of players in reserve. What... Um, qualities they've got but yeah I, I thought that it was the kind of game that you've got to it's a cliche but take the positives from that if Everton can sort of maintain those kind of levels for the rest of the season they'll have a much better chance of um, surviving How are you Gav with you in a similar position or were you dreaming of taking a nil-nil back to, to put us in that says a lot doesn't it even <laughs> up a nil-nil um, I can only say after 70 minutes I thought this is far easier what I was expecting here you do expect to be under pressure and you know uh, having a, says he having a goal threat, but did not have the you know not had the shot on target. He's not no. really had come close. At these ones, they've had a couple of you know just gone narrowly wide. Yeah. I just said Chris in the first half, a couple of shots went over, and you can see like the frustration in the players. Yeah. And after seventy minutes, even 
you know, that there's a couple of substitutions. I thought if if we carry on here, we can easily get a nil nil. It wasn't as if we were they were gaining momentum and and you know the, we, we were um, we were just in survival mode. We were comfortable. And the frustrating thing for me was after seventy minutes of well organised defence and and generally keeping City in check, we we conceded from you know a set piece, which is not expecting a dice team to do that. And that was that was it then, wasn't it? Really, you then really up against the wall, and that that was the frustrating thing. It was the manner of the goal, yeah, really. And you know against against City, you you've got to be at your best all the time. They've only got to be at their best once. And we went at our best way away from that corner, and that was the the disappointing thing for me. And um, you know, then it's, you know it's going to be very difficult unless you got the mic on the subs bench. It's going to be difficult, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think for me the the goal we can see that ultimately the first one is one that is just comes about because you've got tired minds and, and bodies yeah. on the pitch by that point. You know, I think Branthway takes a bit of a swipe and it doesn't even address a guy at the back post, just loses Harland, and it's kind of what those intangible things that the city do to you effectively in the yeah. sense that they they can wear you down mentally because you've got to be like you said gas yeah. switched and focused for the entire game that later on whereas you might be a bit sharper against other teams but you're not on the back four as much just that little split second of indecision that, that, that kind of cost us but um do you look at it as well chris in in the sense that as much as there's a lot of talk about city and, and the players that they brought on the place they still had to bring on at that yeah. point as well obviously Bernardo and Grealish came on later and yes. not bad at all and yeah. I, I obviously at that point Everton again it's a common theme throughout the season you look into the bench and thinking well who have we got here to, to bring on and either first of all stem the flow of City attacks in, in a bit of a better way or give us an outlet up front and again you're sort of scratching your head aren't you yeah I mean Deitch doesn't seem to want to use overly use substitutes and like I said are the options genuinely there I mean we were talking last week about whether Dobbin could be getting a bit more game time and how he's done well but yeah it, it, like I said it, it is probably that that mental tiredness as well as the the physicalness because um with the corner kick, you, do, you, you don't expect to be undone by a city set piece like that. I mean, you, if, if they carve you open with brilliant play and a string of passes, where you're like, fair enough, they're world class. But yeah, it's easy sort of finishing the, at the back post after they've sort of half cleared it. Yeah, um, it's, it, it, it's it's disappointing uh, in, in that respect. But yeah, it's it, it's one of those. It could, it could it could have gone either way. We obviously ultimately we were speaking about defeat, and that's what I guess what everybody kind of expected. Really, but um, I mean, you, you can't take heart from the the, the way uh, that they went about it, and I don't buy into all this. How uh, like I said, City calling it or whatever anti football, slowing it down, and just obviously the dark arts of the game. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I thought that you know, it'd be naive to to do something uh, dissimilar to that. Um, is it one of them as well, Gav? I think that the manager himself said after the game that there was. Very pleased with a lot of aspects of the performance, but the one yeah. thing he, he did single out was Everton's use of the ball at times as well. And yeah, it felt like in the first half in particular, we had a, we had a couple of little openings where we, we got in and you know either final ball or obviously Jack Harrison has that shot, doesn't he, which he swipes over from quite a good position. But but again, it just felt as as the game went on, as they gradually got more on top, as we were starting to feel the pace of it, our, our use of the ball just got gradually worse and worse. I suppose that's the tiredness factor you were yeah. talking about. I think in the first half. Yeah, I mean that's just a byproduct, really. When you sit so deep, about when you do get the ball in a good position, you, you tend to be a little bit over anxious, don't you? you know, not not well, loom is a bit you're like not, that. You're not used to it, are you? And and there was there was two or three times in the first half, yeah. 
there was one I think where Carvaloon got it and McNeil was just bombing on. Yeah. It just like look around at him and the other one made a thing was so McNeil crossing Carvaloon should have been about like six yards mm. ahead of you know. And that that's what happens. You you don't get a, a natural rhythm, do you? You're not allowed to get an action a, a, a natural attacking rhythm again against cities, particularly there. And when you do get the ball, you do you do panic. And and that was and that that's happened a couple of times this season. That happened against Arsenal at home, didn't it? Where we'd be sat deep in similar circumstances. Yeah. Whenever we we tried to break out, we just lost the ball straight away. People didn't pass it properly. I thought Calvert Lewin, though, I, I think he had a difficult afternoon. You know, playing off front on your own against City is not great. Was was one of the the worst in that. I think he gave the ball away or didn't pass to an, uh, a teammate enough times for me. And I thought his use of the ball wasn't great, um, but he wasn't the only one, mm. uh, to be honest with you. Yeah. And that, and as I say, Matt, that's just a, a byproduct of it. If you're sitting so deep in defence, you, you're going to struggle when you do get the ball in advantageous positions. Mm. I think, yeah, Cavalier was a bit of a talking point from what I saw mm. after the game, Chris, on, on social media. You gave him a, a, a good score yeah, in, in, it, in your ratings. Done well, in the, well, it was a very tough afternoon. It was very unconventional. His role is obviously very different than the role that yeah. Haaland was playing. I mean, it was, as Gav says, a very difficult afternoon in terms of he hardly got a sniff. The only sort of opportunity he did have was the one that Gav mentioned there where he probably should have squared it to McNeil, but he didn't, he sort of didn't, he had an opportunity to shoot or to pass and he didn't quite do either. He sort of did halfway in between. So that was his sort of big moment as it was. But other than that, um, really sort of sort of selfless work down the channels and holding the ball up with um, his, his back to goal. I mean, he, he had, he had actually any moments where he, other, like I said, other than that half chance to actually get a shot on target. But I thought he he did well in very difficult circumstances. And, and James Tarkovsky echoed that when I was speaking to him afterwards. He says, you know, he does that every week. I mean, 18 games now, isn't it, without a goal? But, yeah, I can't, I can't really say that he had any big opportunities to sort of end that, that streak on, on this occasion. And I, I thought he did well, but I can understand where people are coming from. And obviously, Gav mentions there about finding a teammate, maybe coming by. But I thought he, he occupied Diaz well. But, yeah, it was a thankless task for him, either way, on Saturday. Yeah, I think uh, Pep played four centre-backs, didn't he? Uh, I think you yeah. referenced that in the... the Imagine if Dykes had done that, by the way. Yeah, yeah. The Walter Smith tactic, I think, yeah. you called yeah. it, didn't you? <laughs> He's looking back to, to those days. But I mean, one other player who thought had a, an, an interesting day, Gav, was Jared Bramthwaite. Uh, absolutely. I, I thought he was excellent for, yeah. for, for the large parts of the game. There's, there's a moment in the second half where he, he brought the ball down in his own box, right in front of the away fans, and the couple of little step-over shimmies and, and, and brought it away. And... He looked really good for for a long time, and then all of a sudden, um, the big one from the game from his point of view is that Haaland squares him up on the counter attack and can't yeah. muscles past them, and, and that's that's obviously the sort of thing that's been discussed afterwards. But I think for ninety ninety five percent of that game, he, he was really good and showed yeah. quality again. It's been a couple of times in the last three or four games where I don't think he's been at the same standard as what he's been, you know, throughout the season. That's to be expected his age, isn't it? Uh, I don't see Martin. Keown's analysis, analysis on match of the day on Saturday was very, very good about Brandweiss for the, the, the Haaland goal. And he, he looks at it and he says, like, he's, he's, Brandweiss starts running in the wrong direction. He's looking at the ball, he's not looking to play. So as he's facing towards goal, he's looking over his left shoulder to try and look at the ball, but he should be looking over his right shoulder to see where Haaland, Haaland's going. So by the time by the time you realise what's gone on, there's a space between the two of them. If it had followed Haaland when, as soon as the ball was released from the... Uh, it was the left back area, wasn't it? And City side, Harlem wouldn't have been able to get a run on. We'd just been able just to ease him away. By the time he did react and got close to Harlem, it was too late. Harlem's got momentum. 
And yeah, and that was just an experience. Um, I thought the people at fault in the goal was we had three players who all had an opportunity to get, get hold of the mm. ball, didn't we, really? Um, Harrison, Coleman, and I think it was Garner Gay was the third one who just miscontrolled it. And, and, and though I thought that Brandway should have done more, I thought those three should have done more, more collectively um, because we had three players you know, in, in, in an attacking position. And I don't know, was Brantford had a knock at that stage? I know he, he went down, hadn't yeah. he? I'm, I'm not sure at that time. I'm not making excuses for him here, but he was actually, you know, 100 percent fit. And I think some of the some of the thing about fatigue comes into it. But Kieran's analysis, not seeing it, is very instructive. You know about Brantford what he should have done, and you can see if he had done it properly, perhaps he would have been able to stop it. Interesting what Gab says. Sorry to just put in there because we've got Michael Ball's column coming up later. And um, he actually goes the other way. I wouldn't say it's an impassioned defence of Bramfway, but he thought Keown was harsh. But after uh, yeah. Michael Ball's words on that one, but he d- he does more so point the finger at those other players that um, Gav mentions, uh, the likes of Harrison and Coleman and, and Gay at the start of, uh, of the move. But it's interesting to see what to what Michael Ball says because you know he's he's not backwards and coming forwards when he thinks that an Everton player has has, has, has let him down. But he, he thinks that without giving too much away, he thinks that Haaland does that against the best defenders in the world. So he, he thinks it's a bit harsh. What, what Keown says, but yeah, if you wait and see that one later, can I be also a little bit harsh? And I'm, I'm this for the second second week, probably. Is Pickford too near his near post? You know, when Harland comes in on him, he gives him, I'm looking at it again, gives him an enormous gap to aim in in the corner. Because I thought Pickford is a little bit of fault for the Charles in the second goal last week, but that's the second. You know, I know nothing about goalkeeping. I felt he was bottom two. He wasn't towards the middle of his goal. He was still as near post when the Charles scored. I was watching it again. I was just thinking to Jordan being a sort of about you know a yard to his right. Um, but I'm probably being harsh there because he, uh, he does hit him, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I just I just thought maybe he should have been a yard to his right. He had to give Harlan too much of a target, but the damage had been done by then, hadn't it? By by teammates, to be fair. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The thing I'd say about Haaland is that I feel like he he does that to a lot of keepers. Like I feel like he's really good at making that angle. Yeah. Because like in, in real time, I, I thought exactly the same about Pickford that maybe yeah. he's got his position wrong there. But then I was thinking back to a lot of his goals he scored and thinking back to his very first game at West Ham. Yeah, yeah, he did like that game, didn't he? He, yeah. he seems to manoeuvre his body in a way where he just manages to create yeah. a bit of an angle. And yeah. it's, it's Pickford at that point in the game. It's last minute, isn't he? He's just got to rush out. I, I, I don't know if he's just a sort of gambled a little bit, but it, it just feels like Arnold is quite good at just finding yeah. that angle. Thierry Henry was the same, wasn't he? Yeah. You, know, you knew what Thierry Henry was going to do all the time. And he came in from the left and he did, it's in the far corner, wouldn't he? And uh, I'm probably being a bit harsh, but that was just my reaction at the time. But... It, it was again. We can see the two goals to Haaland, and they were. You could say they were both unstoppable, Wendy. He's not a bad player, though. As he went over his first one, he hits that on his weaker foot. Yeah, get the yeah. power. That's his bad foot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, like on on the Bramfweight thing as well. Like it feels to me like the mistake is not like Haaland doesn't dribble past him and skin him. Doesn't necessarily think Bramfweight just thinks I could just just nudge him here. Yeah, and. I don't, I don't think he's played against Harlem before and he's gone to nudge him, hasn't he? And, he's, and then Harlem's yeah. just stronger and bigger and, and faster, I think, than, than anybody else he's played against in the Premier League. Yeah. And, and listen, maybe that's that's something that we've we've not really talked about when it comes to Brownfoyt. He, he's just come into the team, been excellent, and we just assume mm-hmm. he's just going to play all the time and play to a high level. But like any player, he's going to suffer fatigue. It's his first full season in the Premier League. Perhaps it's just one of them where he's just 
Help the wear and tear a little bit of it there. Yeah, yeah, and and also as well, if you're going to make a mistake, make it when you're one nil down. <laughs> yeah, don't make it like against us or the like big games coming up. Yeah, 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 save your yeah. mistake for the city game when you get and beat right. one nil. But make sure you're on it for the the other big games coming up. Yeah, and we have had a uh, question in from Lucas on YouTube. Like I said, if you if you're um, enjoying the video, got any questions for the lads? Do give us a shout on there. He said it's time for a change up front. Carvalho needs to rest. Beto or Dobbin to be given a chance. A great finish from Beto at the weekend. Be shame he was five six yards off. Side, like, but yeah, he took it well. <laughs> he hit the two, didn't he? he hit the two one on ones. He was flagged offside late, and I said no, listen. Pet hate of mine. I was talking to Keith Hackett, the former referees chief, a few weeks back, and he was saying he's amazed more players haven't been injured because of all these late flags. Mm. I mean, I don't like it. So, yeah, obviously, both occasions the flag went up late, but the first one, yeah, he fluffed that, but the second one, yeah, it was a decent finish. Um, but, yeah, it's an interesting one with, with, with Beto. I don't, I don't know. I'd, say he's, I'd still think that Calvert Lewin is, is, is the more sort of proven accomplished player at this level and it's hard obviously the run goes on it's like do you take Calvert Lewin now because the run's gone so long now or do you keep him in and hope that he he ends at and the the better times ahead um I think that um the manager will stick with with Calvert Lewin but I mean obviously the 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 question will keep getting asked you know every game that goes by without a goal obviously he's been dreadfully dis um disappointed we will be disappointed but unlucky with obviously the one getting taken off him again against Tottenham yeah. at home and obviously there was one away as well which was 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 disallowed so it's maybe a bit of a sort of false position but it is what it is and uh, yeah I can, I can the question will obviously be will continue to be asked as long as Calvert Lewin isn't scoring what would you do Gavin in that situation uh I think well I think he's he's given sort of votes of confidence to Calvert Lewin in press conferences hasn't he really and then I think um if he was to drop him um that was sort of go counter to what he said previously. You know, we're just waiting for him to get yeah. on the score sheet again. It's not as if he's had the plethora of chances to convert, yeah. has he really? It's been the short supply, especially since Decore. While Decore's been absent, you can barely tell the difference, yeah. can't you, up front. And um, he's, the, he's the, the only person people have got to mark, hasn't he? But no Decore. And so consequently, he's, he's even more isolated. I think if Decore's back, I think you'll see possibly a difference. Carvalho and the Majors be worthwhile just... Yeah. Keeping hold of him. I mean, better you wouldn't say it with all due respect, he's not an upgrade, is he? No. He just gives you something something different. Um, the fact that we're not talking about Chimisi either indicates but there's a wider discussion there about whether having three strikers of the same profile was actually a wise move during the summer. Um and I do like that one. It wouldn't give Dobbin a start, but I do, you know, it's more of a wide player. So yeah, yeah. But in terms of like our attacking options and stuff. Uh, he, he's there, but now nah, I keep Carver Lewin for the moment um, and just see how it goes because I think um, I'm not sure whether Beto was an upgrade. I mean, Beto has been he's been poor, hasn't he? To be honest with you, the last month he's looked uh, he's yeah. looked raw, hasn't he? Yeah. I mean, when he first came in, he had almost like that chaos factor, and then you know the new sign and people don't kind of know how to play him and stuff like that. But you know, as the season's gone on, rather than thinking, oh. Well, I mean, he scored a couple of goals, didn't he, before turning the year. And you think maybe this is a time when he'll, he'll step things up. But, yeah, as, as Gav says, it's fair enough to say that he wouldn't be an upgrade at this stage on Calvert-Lewin. Yeah, I agree. He's um, he's trapped in that sort of vicious circle, isn't he? The players get in sometimes where the manager clearly doesn't think you're good enough to replace the person ahead of you in the pecking order, regardless of them not playing that well. Yeah. So you're only getting 10, 15, 20 minutes here and there, which is hard to impact the game anyway. And... 
you're not going to get up to full fitness. And then when you do get your chance, you're coming in from the cold. And then yeah. because the manager doesn't really trust you or rate you anyway, yeah. you, you, you're more likely to go back yeah. to the bench again quickly. So it's it's really it's really difficult, I think, for him. But I think with Dom, it's, there's a similar situation, I think, with a lot of positions in the, in the squad. Like you look at Dwight McNeil at the moment, and I think he's really struggling. He looks very fatigued. And in normal circumstances, if we had a decent squad, you say, we'll come out, come out for a few games. But I, I don't think the manager certainly doesn't trust Dan, Dan Juma, maybe doesn't think Dobbins quite got the experience yet. Yeah. So what do you do in that situation? I, I, think, I think James Garner maybe looks a little bit fatigued at the moment as well. I don't think he's hitting the levels he, he was hitting earlier in the season. But again, who would you bring in? Maybe, maybe Anana back now. That, that, that's a little bit of a different situation. But I think you've got these positions all over the squads where you start to see the wear and tear of a season that's been tough mentally, physically. Small squad, not making many changes, but it's whether the manager wants to dip into the reserves of players who he doesn't necessarily trust or not. So it's going to be interesting to see how he, how he juggles that over the course of the next few weeks. Just out of interest, though, you mentioned Dobbin. I know there's been several conversations on recent pods. You said there, Matt, that you know, he hasn't got the experience, but he only gets the experience if he, if he plays. Well, that's, yeah, that's the thing. It's, 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 like, circle, yeah, it's chicken and egg, isn't it? You know, and, and I think he just needs more game time, Dobbin. I think he's been vastly underused since he scored against Chelsea. Um, and he even came on against Spurs, a couple of nice touches. And I just think, going back to the McNeil thing, yeah, you wouldn't necessarily want to start Dobbin, but I think he should be, there's been times in games where he should be on a lot earlier than what he has been. And that, that's something that we should be looking to do far more over the next couple of months, I think, because he's got something about him, Dobbin. Mm. You know, that you don't, you know, they've not really seen any other players who've come through from the academy over the last few years. I think he, I think he, he's got a, little, a bit of an attitude about him. And I think, um, he, he could establish himself as part of the first team squad, um, and and you know where he's he's in and around getting selected. Tobin, if he keeps his, uh, you know, keeps progressing and, and doing the right things, which he's doing at the moment when he gets on. Yeah, I certainly would like to see him more coming off the bench. Like, I wouldn't necessarily say him get him in the team straight yeah. away, but you know, twenty minutes here and there feels like he, he could have an impact at well, times. And Juma now probably out at least until yeah. the end of the month, and that that may well be the case because he was kind of getting in ahead of Dan Juma when Dan yeah. Juma was fit. Until he maybe got to the end of the January transfer window and it's like, oh, maybe give Dan Juma a bit more uh, playing time here, uh, keep him sweet. But yeah, it might actually be a call like you were mentioning, Matt, in, in the centre midfield there. If obviously Anana came back. On Saturday, a lot of people said they thought he looked decent, one in mm. one in the ball and sat the entire positions when he came on. So obviously he's back into the mix, and if you know, fingers crossed, Decore is also available for Palace. Then yeah, there might be a, you know a dilemma, a decision for Dice to make for the Palace game. Yeah, and there's just that one moment with with Anana, wasn't there, which I think sums up that the players not playing much with each other in the sense that he got the ball, drove forward really well, and then Beto is just on a different wavelength with the, with the running yeah. mix, and the pass is good, the run's good, but there's not quite lined up, and that just, I think, just, just shows that the two players there who haven't played much footy together, yeah. and it's it's going to be difficult for them. Uh, Steve Taylor, again on YouTube, saying if the core race fits, he has to carry on with, with DCL. I mean, is that is that it's a bit of an obvious question as far as God, but is that the the way in which we look to unlock Dom? Because like you said, when he's up there on his own, he is very much one target for the defenders. Um but with Decore, he obviously occupies more players, makes runs into the box, knits everything together really well. It feels like maybe if he stuck with Dom for this long, if yeah. Decore's back for Palace, bit of a more straightforward run coming up in terms of games that maybe you may as well stick with for a few more games. Just and sort of the formation up yeah. front. It was the one that gained us, what, four consecutive wins, was it? And, you know, a really good run over. Well, more than that wasn't going to be, what did you win? He's out of 13 or whatever, not competitions. Can't remember in, in the autumn and early parts of the winter. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that that is the obvious uh, 
obvious solution. Hopefully, Dom can can get a goal within that. Yeah, and because we're off the court, we're going to peace. You know, as much as I think we've we done well at City, we did well at Fulham with one central midfielder and, and got a good point in the end against Spurs. Yeah. You know, they're just up more matches in the, the column of yeah. wins. Sorry, games Everton haven't yeah. won about the core on the show and dice, aren't they? Yeah, in, in many ways, it seems to be proven a lot more crucial to how they play and how successful they are than, than Dominic Calvert Lewin. Because we met, like I've mentioned the four wins there. Actually, Calvert Lewin missed the first one of those, mm-hmm. didn't he? At, at Forest, obviously, when Beto came yeah. in. And that's kind of going back again to the point you made about Beto. He comes in, misses his big chance at Forest, and then immediately gets dropped for Calvert Lewin again. And I don't think that Calvert Lewin. Even you know he obviously didn't even score in that for um, no no free um, game sequence because obviously West Ham's his last um, goal so yeah the core is is proven instrumental really in how Everton operate I think various people have sort of deputised for him arguably Jack Harrison has been the most successful but he's a totally different kind of player isn't he so he's a totally different profile. And the core is that sort of one point five striker sort of halfway between midfield. People kind of don't know how to um, to operate against them. There's not many players like that in the Premier League, and I think that's no. part of the reason why he's been so effective under Deitch because he's he's a one-off in that respect. So Everton missing when he when he's not playing, and uh, the, the the opponents sort of don't know what to do against him when 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 he's out there. Just hope he's all right now because obviously he came back and he played that one game against Villa, didn't he? And he and he looked like he was all right. He was back to his best. He was running hard. Showed Calvert Lewin how to do it actually with the finish one-on-one. Another one that got disallowed. For offside, but he wasn't to know that at the time. Um, yeah, they, they, it's, it's, not, it's probably no coincidence, is it, that they haven't won a Premier League game since since he's been out now. So, fingers crossed, he's back for Palace and uh, back with a goal against them because obviously, if he scored against them, didn't he at Sellers Park? Um, yeah, back on 11th of November. So, yeah, well, that that'd be like an, an ideal opportunity to try and sort of build some momentum for the the rest of the season with a, a fit and fire in Decore. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's when you it's when you both sort of put all the attributes he's got there, like on the table, and you think if he was available, like on the market in January or in the summer, like Everton wouldn't be able to get a player like that. You know, yeah. somebody who's got all those attributes, who is who is physical, who is hard working, who plays in midfield, and who also chips in with is it one in three he's got on the dice pretty much in yeah. terms of goals. You know, that, that that player would be well beyond us in, in our current state at the moment. And yeah. to, to be able to, you know, to be able to get him back is gonna be a huge difference. He, they said he's back on the grass, didn't he? I don't know what that necessarily translates to. And I mean, you, you probably know better than that. What, what that actually means, uh, yeah. um, it's Sean Dice speak, but it, it feels like one of them where reading between the lines, you'd hope that he was going to be back for Palace at least. Yeah, there's, there's two different uh, back on the grass, isn't there? Or grass, as I said. Um, there's, there's, there's back in the grass with us and back on the grass. On their own, aren't they? Oh, so there's the subtle distinction. Yes, they are. Who are they? Did they just like running around the field on their own? <laughs> they're actually engaging with teammates at pinch bar. But yeah, let's hope so. There's obviously there's a nine day gap, isn't there, between the the uh, the trip to the Etihad and the, the Palace home game. So that gives them potentially an extra couple of days that he might have had if the game had been on the start of these. So yeah, you've got to be hopeful. I mean, he's been coy about it throughout, hasn't he? I mean, the, at first it was we were told it was just fatigue, and then then it was hamstring and the other leg. So yeah, so let's hope that he's uh he's ready it does seem like the fact that he's he's offering that up the manager that is there is at least sort of a hope that he will be fit for that game the royal blue podcast from the liverpool echo the royal blue podcast from the liverpool echo yeah the one silver liner from the weekend gab was that 
that game was out the way early, and then we could get yeah. on with the serious business of cheering on teams who play oh, against Luton. I feel it. Yeah, feel it. Listen, no, it, obviously, yeah. all joking aside, yeah. no, I was sitting there Saturday morning thinking, we've got City away, they've got Sheffield United yeah. at home. Obviously, Forest as well had a bit of a, a battle with Newcastle, didn't they? And you know, they went there and, and won 3 1 on Boxing Day. So you're thinking this table could look pretty ghastly by the time um, eight o'clock comes around on, on Saturday yeah. evening. Um, thankfully, the Blaze did the business, uh, the Tsunami did the business, and we're sat here largely, you know, obviously, Brentford winning at Wolves probably wasn't ideal. We've got Chelsea. Um, against Palace tonight. Um, it, it could have been worse. <laughs> Just what I'm trying to say. It could have been a hell of a lot worse. The only thing about that is, you know, we've talked about this beforehand, you know, about that Sheffield United and that sort of... <laughs> but I, I doubt it. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the, the, end of, the, the, end of the day, you, if you come out of any weekend in our position and you're not worse off when you've gone to City, it's yeah. probably, yeah, you'd take that. You know, because you're only going to get beat at City. I know that sounds horrible, but we could have got, you know, having said that, I thought we, we possibly could have drawn... You, you take that. You can, that's all you can ask for. I mean, it's not. It's also your hands, and something. I know it sounds horrible, but it's also your hands when he goes to City, really, isn't it? Yeah. You know. And uh, I thought, yeah, we'd, we'd take the results elsewhere, and you know, I believe Tom Davis had an assist, didn't he? And that, oh, did he? Yeah, yeah, oh, it's really contributed to the win, like yeah. Yeah, but well, yeah, but combining that, like you say, you're away to City. Your your nearest rivals are at home to the bottom of the table. So for that double whammy, like you say, to come out of it unscathed in terms of the the points and differential between the clubs and like you mentioned the forest game and stuff like that yeah you've got you've got to take the positives from that one it could have been it could have been much worse couldn't it so yeah yeah um a final point on the weekend before we look ahead um what did you think of the city pa getting the um chance started for their players sorry got i wasn't even aware of that i did i missed that one what was that so I'm, I'm not going to do it myself but he um he effectively started the songs for each of their players when he oh. came on as a substitute I, I can't believe you missed this i did i must have been that engrossed you know, <laughs> well he sort of like um to get so things to get the fans yeah, yeah. i think when Bear Silver came on, he went, Bernardo. Oh, right, like okay. Tried to get the fan. Did you get onto that, Gav? I did hear it, yeah. yeah. I was slightly uh, baffled and puzzled. <laughs> That's honestly, yeah. I don't know how you do it at Goodson, though, really. Oh, Has Lewis Nobbin got a song, you know? Yeah, we'll have to ask Graham White if he's... Yeah. yeah. We, haven't got, we haven't got any songs to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but um, we don't like that kind of business at Goodison. No, no, I... Um, <laughs> I think if you're getting stick for that type of behaviour, I think that's probably a little bit justified. And I don't, I don't, I don't like, I don't like that thing about. It's a, it's a separate thing, isn't it? About artificial atmospheres being created in grounds beforehand. Anyway, you know, you've got to get let things naturally, naturally develop. And so, whatever ground it is, that type of thing where you're artificially trying to, you know, put an atmosphere in place, it just it doesn't work for me. Mm. You know, so I'm not accused of being anti-city, just anti-anything like that. To be honest with you. There you go. Everton, the moral victors of the weekend. Yeah, 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 <laughs> we didn't yeah. have anyone doing that. Yeah. Uh, we will move on anyway, because it, it could be a, a potentially massive week for the for the football club in the sense that we are hoping, I think everyone's hoping that we're going to get a yeah. result from the appeal process this week. Uh, who knows when it's going to drop. Um, but Everton's appeal now was just over two weeks ago, wasn't it? Yeah, against, just on the Friday. Uh, yeah. Just on the Friday, so 
listen, it's it's one of them, Chris, where I think we haven't really had anything massively new over the weekend or any no. new developments. We're all sort of looking ahead now. It feels like the end of the season is, is sort of in sight. We're gearing up for the home straight. And I just want to know how many points Everton have got. Well, I didn't think people have said that. Stuart Pierce asked me that. They were going to say, <laughs> asked me that question. Wow, how do I answer that? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's just strange, like I said, uh, people are trying to, latch onto anything they can. I mean the 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 the, the sight of uh, Everton's um, barrister appeared at Goodison Park for the Tottenham game. People say, well, is that a good sign? He's not going into hiding, he's showing his face. So uh, the so called super silk was there, wasn't he? We'll see how super he was when when his result uh, <laughs> comes in. But yeah, um without going into the ins and outs, I think um well Keith Winers, the former chief executive of Everton, he, he thinks he can get the whole lot back because if the, 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 the whole system seems to be flawed, but that really would be a result. Uh, wait and see on on that one. Um but well, going into the details of it, I think the general consensus a lot of people are obviously very passionate about this on both sides for Everton and against Everton. Um it doesn't sit right to me and I think to a lot of people that Everton get a greater punishment than Portsmouth got for going into administration. The fact that it's the, as it stands, the the biggest sporting sanction in 135 years of English top flight football. So if you're going off that, just sort of school of four, that's that's two points off to go less than Portsmouth. So is there is anything more than that a bonus? I don't know. How are you feeling about it all, Gav? It, it, it just it's one of them, isn't it? I think if if it comes out. And we've got no points back, or we've got all our points back. I think, you know, personally, I'll breathe a sigh of relief that this bit is just done and over. We can move on. But then you've got this next one looming in the background. Well. <laughs> see, that's the it's it's that's the important thing to remember here, isn't it? Whatever judgment comes out on the appeal, not only impacts the the first commission decision, it impacts the second. Very much the so. second, yeah, you know, very that's the so. thing here. So if we get a favourable version of events from the the appeal panel. Well, that's helpful not only for this ten point deduction, but what happens yeah. thereafter. Yeah. You, you just we spoke about this before, and then you just get the impression now that if, if we we were to lose a few points off the ten this time, we're getting, you know, they will get another couple added on on the second one, and you know, if it stays at ten, we might not get anything. The second one, we might ultimately just end up with just getting ten point deduction across both yeah. uh, commissions. That, that could be that could be the politically the best way of doing it. I mean, I'd rather just know now. Whatever, I've both of them. To be fair, I just what is what is the mm -hmm. well, can't wait until what, April May time. No. Uh, regarding the appeal itself, I can only my view is I, I I'm not holding a lot of hope out, but I will we'll have to wait and see. There may be some legal stuff in there that's not being adhered to, but it's not it's not a court, is it? Uh, you know, they're just following the Premier League rules, and I think there will be. I mean, people are saying, you know, that oh, they mirrored the the Premier League, um, you know, what their sanctions policy. But I, I don't read it that way. Uh, I think there's possibly eight points for for going over and two points for the fact that we they said we misled the uh, the Premier League over mm. the the interest on the stadium. We said it was the loan was for the stadium, and then we said no, sorry, it wasn't. Um, I think that's in the judgment as well, the ten points, and it be, and and that, that was the, that was the thing with me. It might have been a good explaining that. You know that ten points is because of this, but we've also included a little bit. It was just mm. two, you know, whatever number of points for for what they said was we give misleading information, and that might have been helpful. The fact there's just a across the board ten points hasn't helped, and I do. I also think, and I said this the first time we discussed this on here, 
is I, I'm trying to think of the logic of they said we're not going to fine Everton because Mashir is a rich man. That was one of the things he said. But actually, the you know if you lose ten points, that can be five places in the Premier League, which is three million pound a place now, isn't it? Something like that. Mm. Cost you twelve fifty million pounds. So well, a lot of you get relegated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, even yeah, if you yeah. stay in the Premier League, yeah. it's effectively a fine, isn't it? You know, you're going to you're taking fifteen million yeah. quid off you. And 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 I don't really, I didn't really understand that logic. That didn't really explain that. And um, that for me was if I was doing the appeal, that would be one of the first questions we I'd be asking. You do realise there's a fine involved in this? Then we say yeah, and that's what your sanction is. That's fine, but it wasn't brought out in the original commission's report. And and that would have been helpful. And so those are the type of things you should be discussing. I'm not sure about all the mitigations we put forward. A lot of them, I think, cause us more damage than than good. And he said some of them are novel. Yeah, that you're in, you're in, you're in very dangerous territory. Um, so we'll say, we'll say, and um, not hopeful, but anything will be will be helpful. And I do like to think that whatever you know, the second commission may redress some of the inequalities of the first commission. Mm. Yeah, I think that that is important to stress, Chris, because I think from Anderson's point of view, the way in which they've gone about appealing this one, it feels like the sort of ingredients of this appeal are very much going to be what they're going to use to to fight the next one, isn't it, further down the yeah. line? Yeah, I mean, the talk of the, the, the double jeopardy, isn't it? I suppose the, well, the historic case, of course, each case is very different. And Sheffield Wednesday, they got 12 in the championship, didn't they? And they went to appeal, that got half to six. Absolutely, so, the stadium, wasn't it? Yeah, so, um, um, yeah. It, 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 it's, it's impossible, isn't it? Because, I mean, we could all give um, our sort of educated guesses on this under the likes of um, Gavin and old Joe are very well read on this and they probably give you a lot more insight than, than any anybody else. I mean, I've been hosting myself on podcasts where it's been you and Joe, Gav, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of the issues that aren't often addressed because it's so emotive for both sides, Absolutely. isn't it? Yeah. And also, it, but it's just, it, it, like Gav says, it needs to be sorted because we can't have a situation where it's decided who's relegated and who stays up after the final ball's kicked and it's, 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 it's going to the courts. I mean, that's not... That's not fair on anybody on Everton or any of the the rivals, really. And you know, the supposed you know best club product in in world football, mm. the Premier League, and it's it's going to the courts. It needs sorts. Well, we, we could have we could have four different point souls this season. Uh, the, 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 yeah. the the one end on the pitch, yeah. then you know any anything that comes from the original commission, the ten point deduction, that could then get changed. Yeah, you know this time, and then we get another points deduction. The next one, and then that goes to appeal, and then that changed. Could end up with four or five different points. So as I see, it's just a ludicrous position. Yeah, really, it's remarkable. And you know, like you you said there, Chris, in the sense that you know you don't want to be finding out Everton have been relegated after the ball has been kicked. Yeah, uh, sorry, after the final ball has yeah. been kicked. But we're kind of in this weird situation now where I'm mean, just thinking of like a fixture off the top of my head. We've got coming the next few weeks, like Brighton away. Yeah, like. In normal circumstances, if we get some points back, you could look at that and go, well, a point's fine there. Yeah. But then if we've got 10 off or 15 off, it's like, well, we probably need to go and try and win, try yeah. and win that game. And, and all of a sudden, like, as as a supporter, you're looking at these fixtures coming up and you, you, you could, might be coming out of a, the ground after getting a draw and going, I don't know if that's good or not yeah. really because of, of what's going to happen. Like, yeah. um, There could be situations later in the season where we're level away from home or we're level in a game at home and... You know, a point might be enough to, to keep us up and we, we play out the game and we get a point, say, against is Sheffield United's our last home game, isn't it? And then 
we that takes us six points clear of the relegation zone. Then we get five. <laughs> you know, it, it, yeah. that's, this is the mad reality. Yeah, we're it, 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 yeah. going to play Luton. Yeah. Well, no, the Palace game a week on Monday. Well, the Palace knows what well, our points deduction or is stayed or we've got an extra point, a couple of points added on. That might could affect their, how they play it. I think I said the thing we talked about this the other week is once you knew they wanted to speed things up, where it was inevitable they were going to have like two com- potential commissions in the same season, they should have just scrapped it temporarily for one year, the three year rolling one. They should have had a four year yep. rolling one and just had one judgment across four years. So we'd have one judgment across the four years. There's not 105 million pounds, 140 million pound threshold. And then that, that should have just been. That should have just been the rule. So we just have that for everybody for this season. So we, I know it's not ideal, but you're only getting hurt once in the season. There's only one punishment of the season rather than this disposition where they've managed to give themselves two. And, and what it shows as well is I don't think anybody would, when they set this, these rules in place, I don't think they ever thought that anybody would preach them. Because mm. there's such an obvious flaw in the original rule that what happens if you preach the following year? You did have no provision for that in the rules, did they? And... Um, I think I think that that's also shown up that the rules itself were probably a little bit flawed. Well, we've just got to wait and see, haven't we? Yeah. Well, they're changing them again anyway. Aren't yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's um, it's hard to keep up. <laughs> it's certainly um, just finally uh, the Everton fan advisory board on YouTube have said uh, there will be a super silk chance if he gets the business done. <laughs> well, like I, mean, yeah, I, think, yeah, yeah. I think we might need the PA's help yeah. to get that one going. To be honest, like at City, but. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, yeah, if, if we get to we'll get all ten points back, that'll be a that'll be marvellous. <laughs> you will be our play, play of the season. Yeah, stuff yeah, you brought yeah, me more, yeah. all, all, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah that's the age we're living in now, uh, lawyers and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, that's true, Matt. That's true. Um, we won't leave it there anyway, lads. Uh, cheers to Chris. Cheers to Gav. Um, do get your comments in. Uh, do like and subscribe. Loads of content coming up over the course of what is a huge week potentially with that. Appeal was all dropping and a massive game next Monday against Crystal Palace. I feel like we played them for five, six times already this season. (laughs) But yeah, they're back again at Goodison on Monday uh, for a huge game. So let us know your thoughts on all that. That has been the Royal Blue Podcast. We'll catch you again very soon. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.